I knew I wanted kids and I knew I wanted them before I got too old because I really wanted to enjoy them and uh, also to have them see life as, uh, you know, with challenges and things that you go through together. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Belly. Attention all dads-to-be. It's time to supercharge your journey to fatherhood with Belly Prenatal for Men. Why belly? Because sperm counts and you're 50% of the pregnancy equation. This is your legacy, so why not bring the best genes you can to the whole baby-making process? It's an easy way to support your partner, optimize your fertility, promote healthy sperm, and give your future little you a great start to life. Visit babybelly.com now and get ready to rock the adventure of fatherhood with Belly by your side. Belly, where fatherhood truly begins. What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And I love having these type of episodes. Not only I talk to the dad, but I talk to one of the child. And we talk about parenting, family, all that good stuff. But we're also going to be talking about their fabulous new book. It's so, so great for families. It's called Zillit. It's by Bob and Aaron Odenkirk. So thanks, both of you, for taking the time. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having us, Art. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, Bob, how are you doing, sir? Great, man. Great talking to you. Looking forward to chatting with you, like I said, about Zillit. You know, when I was actually had a chance to, you know, preview and read this book, it took me back to when I was a kid, took me back to like elementary, like library time. So I can't wait to talk about that. But I do want to talk about fatherhood and parenting. So, Bob, I'm going to ask you first, when you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind? Uh, (laughs) A lot of good vibes, a lot of hope and a little bit of fear. Fear (laughs) comes later, actually. Initially, it's just excitement for me. I was a uh, big brother. I'm from a family of seven. I'm the second oldest. And my uh, youngest sister is 14 years younger than me. So I knew what it was like to be around kids and to help raise them. My dad wasn't really around much. He wasn't a very good role model. But uh, I loved having little brothers and sisters being a big brother to them and being important in the family as I was at that time. It still am in my family. And um, so I was really, I I knew I wanted kids and I knew I wanted them before I got too old because I really wanted to enjoy them and uh, also to have them see life as, uh, in a, you know, with challenges and things that you go through together. No doubt. Thank you very much for sharing that. And Aaron, usually when I, I talk to dad, I'm like, what are the values that you're trying to instill into your kids? But for you, can you kind of talk about some of the things that your dad was looking to instill into you and your brother as you guys were growing up? Yeah, sure. Um, plenty of stuff. He didn't walk around with like a mantra or anything, but I just from him being him, I think I grew up um, really valuing having a sense of humor and not taking everything seriously of course, taking something seriously, but even those, you know, you walk away from them and you can laugh at them after. Um, And another thing that I've been reflecting on a lot is the work ethic. He has a very serious, strong work ethic. And it's funny because it's about being funny most of the time, how hard you can work at being funny, but his sort of mottos or sort of uh, methods surround around showing up every day doing the thing you like every day a little bit 
and really trying and you're going to fail and that's okay. And that's part of it, but doing it again the next day as well. Nice. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my, one of my kids teachers, I have two daughters, uh, 15 and 13. And I remember my, at the time, my sixth, uh, my daughter's sixth grade teacher said like, does everybody know what fail stands for? And they were like, no, it said first attempt and learning. And that stuck with me as well. So I love the fact that, yeah, if you fail, just try and get up and do it again. So Bob, yeah. you learned about what Aaron thought about, like the different values you look to instill into her. So let's flip the script. What is something that your kids have taught you about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad? Well, I think parents, oftentimes you see your kid and in there's a great Monty Python sketch where John Cleese walks in the door and he's a, a lawyer and his mom and, and her friends are going, look at him, look at his cheeks. Oh, look at him. He can talk. He can talk. He's saying words. And they're squeezing his cheeks and talking about him. And he's like, Yes, yes, yes. I can still, I can speak. Yes, of course. Um, and and you see your kid as a baby, or you often see them in the uh, chapter in which they are, only they've grown and you didn't see it happen. And, you know, it's kids can remind you if you let them that we can learn and grow and change and we're not stuck only being who we are right now. It's a great thing to learn. I mean, people fundamentally changing is a hard thing to do, but kids are going through chapters of their life and you have to open up your mind and see where they are now and how it's different from yesterday. And maybe you had some problems and maybe you had some very serious challenges, but there's hope in the uh, evolution of of a person that you can see happen in front of you with kids if you open your mind to it. But it's also very easy to just be like the old ladies in the Monty Python sketch and just never really see your kids growing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The next question is for both of you. Best piece of advice you receive from each other, Aaron, you can go first and Bob, you can follow. So best piece of advice you receive from your dad, Aaron, is what? Oh boy. Um, I get, I kind of gave my favorite one away already, which is okay. show up every day, but, nice. um, then that works then too. That, that's cool. Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> I, I'll give you the context, which is that I got a restaurant job this year. And before I even went in, his advice was, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tiring. It's going to be boring and scary. And the best servers he'd ever known who made the most money and enjoyed their self, their life the most were the people who learned the menu and committed to the bit. And for those six hours of the night were the server, um, not the ones who showed up and were like, oh, I can't believe I have to be here. You know, <laughs> that's one I've carried with me. Appreciate that. Um, what advice has Aaron given to me? <laughs> My kids want us to slow down, I'd say. Uh, both Aaron and Nate encourage us, both Naomi and I, to try to slow down and smell the roses a little more. And we've taken that to heart and we're trying. It's not easy. Nice. Yeah. It, it, I, my kids have said the same thing too. Like, dad, you need to relax. I'm like, I'll get there. I'll get there. And then eventually you don't get there because you keep on doing stuff. So thank well, you. You're, you know, yeah. You're training. You've trained yourself uh, to meet the day with, you know, energy and problem solving and achievement. And the problem with just doing that all the time is, you don't necessarily get to enjoy 
the progress or, or even the day that you're in because you're just hurtling forward, trying to take on a bigger challenge. And, um, and there's something wrong with that as wonderful as it is to be a problem solver and a get, get up and go person. There's something missing uh, if you don't have a dimension of uh, enjoying the present moment, whatever it is. Yeah, no doubt. Totally agree with that. And um, thank you very much for that. We're going to kind of finish off uh, the interview with the father, quick father. But first, I want to talk about your great book. You guys got together, Zillit. And I love the fact that this is a family affair. This is something that you guys did together. And this is something that started way back when they were, uh, you, you know, Aaron, you and your uh, brother were uh, were young. And I love the pictures you guys put in there. And you can tell the warmth and the, the care that you guys have in this book. Aaron, for you, talk a little bit about how this book came to be. Because uh, everyone, especially probably in your guys' industry, it's like, you know, you're an artist. Your dad's an actor and all that. And I was like, oh, you should write a book about this and this. How did this book come to be? Yeah, great question. It is a very specific, unique story of um, beginning, as you said, when we were little kids, we would, before bedtime, often read books together, or Bob or Naomi would read books to me and my brother, Nate. And at a certain point, we began writing our own poems with dad. Um, and we compiled them all into a little book called Old Time Rhymes that we kept on our shelf, just with like a hand scrawled cover of a journal. Um, and then cut 10 years later, I'm 19 and the pandemic happens. I have to go home from art school and I'm in my room sitting around finishing classes, summer hits. I can't leave. Um, and Bob comes in and he's like, why don't we try to make this a real thing? What if you draw drawings and I write better words and, you know, see what happens. Nice. I always intended to, you know, try to rewrite some of the poems. I knew that a few of them were good. Um, I, tr I made a list of the ones that are pretty much exactly the way we wrote them together when they were little. And it's actually a longer list than I thought. 13 poems that are pretty much what we wrote with the kids when they were little, which I think is a lot. And then there's probably about uh, 20 that had to do had to be rewritten a fair amount. And then there's a whole bunch more that we wrote just new um, for this book. But um, I, I thought I would rewrite this potentially when I was a grandfather and I didn't know who would do the drawings. But once the kids were in their rooms for COVID lockdown, you know, and they were doing their college classes, from their bedrooms, and Aaron had progressed so much as a as an artist. I thought, let's get to it. Let's make that a project. Part of the day is uh, rewrite a few of these every week and see if she can uh, come up with drawings for them. And, and and kind of going with that, I love the drawings. To me, like I said earlier, like it took me back to when I was reading, you know, a poem book or just a book. I mean, there's. The different places I lived and different books spoke to me. But as a kid, elementary, especially um, when I was living in Illinois at the time, and I would have like second grade, third grade, like reading time. And like these drawings took me instantly back to my childhood. So for you, like, Aaron, I know that you're saying like, all right, so pandemic happened. You know, let's just draw this. You're, you know, you uh, are a great artist. From the time you were drawing, were there certain things that you were drawing that like took you back? to your childhood in that moment when you, your brother and your dad were making these uh, poems together? Oh, that's a great question. Um, absolutely. I mean, I, 
I share in those moments. I think I, those moments inspired me to try to make art and draw every day. And there are absolutely little hints to all the books I read and loved and all the memories I had uh, in my childhood rooms. Um, I put the moon in as many pages as I could uh, as a little ode to Goodnight Moon. There's also loads of pages with books drawn into them. And you'll notice books like The Mutts, The Peanuts, um, gosh, what else? Dragonology, all these books that I had as kids on rainy days, uh, as a kid on rainy days that I would, you know, curl up with and enjoy. And it's a, it's a very, the heart of the book is for people who love words and reading and art and getting lost in those things. Yeah. And, and, and this art and the poem and like the artwork, you get lost in that. So I appreciate that. This is for both of you, Bob, you can go first and Aaron, you can uh, follow up. So when you're reading these books and the, uh, the poems in your book, like, mm -hmm. like, oh, shoelace, my shoelace, right? Yeah, that's one of the originals, by the way. So as a kid, I, I looked at, I could I could see that in a different perspective than I am. This is going to be really weird, but I'm a sneakerhead, right? So shoelaces and certain <laughs> things about shoes are have different meaning for me then and now and to, as opposed to now as a sneakerhead. But it's just funny. Like I took my, I, it was great to read it from different perspectives, but for you know for you bob like legacy you always want to leave something and this is a great keepsake that you can keep on your families you know for generation to generation like look what we create as a family maybe you guys can do something more or something like that but what is what is the this book in terms of legacy and a keepsake mean for you bob oh man it's my it's everything i mean it's a dream come true i mean look um my emphasis is always on being silly because it makes me happy. And since I was a kid in a family with a lot of tension in it, shows like The Carol Burnett Show and later Monty Python was a great, warm solace and encouragement because it told me that being an adult was kind of ridiculous. Um, and that was a comfort to know that the stakes were, that it, it sort of fundamentally altered the stakes of the world I felt I was living in. And, uh, you know, my kids hopefully didn't grow up with that, anything like that degree of tension, but um, it, it's, uh, I think it's got a lot of the ethics and things I wanted them to know that I want about life. And, uh, and, and I think, so we got to share these feelings and keep in mind, these were written with a kid, like I said, about, Probably about 35 of them were all new. The other 45 were written with a kid in the room, in my lap, writing a line, writing the idea. Um, so yes, they have a lot of, there's subject matter in here that can be very quirky and it's because a kid thought it up. And Oh Shoelace My Shoelace is one of my favorites. It's kids, kids are attracted to some really gross things and they, they love them. And in this case, I think the kid is extremely self-aware that the mother doesn't like the shoelace. <laughs> and the kid doesn't care and thinks it's funny that they're teasing their mom by keeping it as their favorite thing. Um, everybody knows what it's like to get a kid a present and the kid opens it, takes it out of the box and then plays with the box. <laughs> and, and, 
you know so there's an element of that of like why does she like that disgusting old thing uh but um i i love the idea that the kid really secretly does know that they're teasing their parent by pretending to love this dirty old shoelace (laughs) (laughs) nice what about for you aaron for this book as a keepsake i think for me it's been very impactful to have started working on this when I was 19. I'm now, I guess, 18. I'm now 22. And that's not a lot of time, but it has been also in so many ways, so much time. And even as an artist, you can see in my original sketches versus what we ended up publishing, my improvement and my ability to hone the style. Um, And I know that that's only going to continue to grow. And so I sort of see this as a time capsule, both of my own childhood, childhood, but also of this era of my life. Um, Something that even in 10 years, I'm going to look back on and be like, I cannot believe you did that. That's crazy. (laughs) And then even when I'm, you know, 30 or 40 and maybe have a kid of my own, something I can then share with them. That's so much a part of myself as that 30 or 40 year old, but also as myself as the 20 year old and also as myself as the five-year-old it's a crazy it's crazy to think about no it, it it's a great perspective that you both have on 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 the legacy that this book will have so again uh it, it's such an honor to chat with you guys about this because uh, i love chatting with families who work together and produce something that uh not only is a work of art but means something and obviously this means so much to you guys from the time when you were little aaron and you know until now with like you said the different ways you look at this book so I, and, and you know the book of poems i love it we id'd that at the core of this book was playfulness with words and encouragement to try things uh and to write your own stuff down it's why the last poem in the book is about go out there and write something and i'll tell you i have a I have some artwork from my grandfather that he made when he was a kid. And, you know, we live in a world where we take pictures all day long with our phones and pictures are awesome and they'll certainly take us back in time. But I think if you want to make something with your kids that they can show their kids and say, and remember what they felt like being a kid and being with you and who you're and what your brain was like and what your close intimate feelings were like together sit down and make a drawing and write a little something those pieces of paper if they can access them and keep them in their world will take them back in uh, to the to the deepest most um personal fe- feelings and moments of their childhood no doubt i i completely agree with you both my my family and i like i said so my wife and my daughters and I, we would do this uh, program where we'd like set a 10 minute timer and we'd write a story. We'd each write a story separately. And then after it goes five minutes, we get to write the other person's story. Right. And we did that until everybody wrote the story completed. Like everyone got a chance to write everyone else's story. And then at the end we read them and it was funny. Like some of it kind of continued if it was a serious story in a serious way, or we might go and turn it from like a serious dramatic role or, you know, story to like this comedic thing. So, and it's great. And we kept those. And what you said right there, like, I would love to see if my kids want to have their kids to see what, you know, my grandkids would think of that. So spot on that. Love that. (laughs) Nice. All right. Before the father, quick five, I got to say, I grew up in Naperville. I know you're from that area too. 
Um, I lived there from 86. I moved around a lot as a kid. I wasn't in the military Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but my dad wasn't, her mom was in the military, but loved living at that time in from like neighborhood from like 86 to 91. And my wife and I, well, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, she wanted to see where I grew up. And we went back in like 2001 after you graduated college and it blew up. Like, I was like, this is Naperville, but like for you, what, what are some of your favorite memories of living in Naperville? Well, listen, I was, we were the first, we were the second house on Heatherton Drive in Crest Creek. We were in the middle of the block. So all my childhood from the age of five and a half to like nine was all these other houses being built. And we would just walk through work sites every day. And yes, we would step on nails and have to go home and get our feet cleaned out. And, but we would also take wood home and build forts in the forest with the wood from the work sites and we climbed the stairs before there were any floors. I mean, uh, I I had a great childhood in many ways. I shared with you that my family had an instability and attention and and um, an instability and a tension that was uh, unfortunate and not a great thing for a kid. But Naperville was uh, in its way, a great comfort for our family, the forest, the vibe of the place, the quietness of the place. Um, and I I wanted to get out of there when I was 15. I couldn't wait to leave. But of course, when you're 15, you can't wait to leave wherever you are. <laughs> nice. And Thank only you. later do you realize that's because you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both very much for talking about family and, and the book. We're going to finish off with the Father Quick Five. Aaron, you can go first and then Bobby can finish, okay? Favorite family movie? Do you guys have one? I will name two. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and the Blues Brothers, two of our faves. Um, I mean, I can't change that, although I might say Police Story with Jackie Chan. Um, It's an action movie, but it's an early Jackie Chan. (laughs) Um, You didn't love that, honey? We watched it two or three times. We we, I know. (laughs) Happy to share it with you. I think it's a great one it's got action in it but nobody there's no blood it's very inventive it's very clever all the action makes you smile and grin and uh yeah grin for some people maybe not for everybody in the family for well <laughs> it's really not violent at all i mean it's very i'll give more, it a, I'll more give it a rewatch okay. more gymnastic <laughs> nice. favorite song or genre or band that you aaron introduced your dad to do you have one that you were excited to share him um, yeah, I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, Ty Seagal, they are a rock band. They're awesome. I gave him the record Freedom's Goblin for his birthday yeah. a few years ago, and he really liked it. Nice. Bob, what about I, for you? Is there like a band or a genre of music you couldn't wait to introduce her to, your kids to? Oh, I introduced her to everything she loves right now, I think, <laughs> which is an amazing thing because Aaron likes some great old rock and roll. Uh, the Strokes was a big uh band that i played a lot for the kids um and aaron seemed to love that very much cool describe the perfect family vacation did you have one or where would it be if you guys yeah well yeah we like um aaron when she would come out to albuquerque when i was shooting better call Saul, we we really had great times there there's great hikes uh tree spring trail i highly recommend you check out if you're in the albuquerque area and driving up the 14 through madrid up to santa fe 
the old highway that takes you through the high desert. Um, yeah. Nice. We recently, like, we're mostly from the East Coast, but we went to California this past month to go to um, Joshua Tree and hiking. Oh, yeah. Hiking Joshua Tree, hiking here in North Carolina and like the East Coast, totally different, but still awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. So, talk about favorite book when you were a kid was? Uh, I read very early. Uh, I read the early Dr. Seuss uh, books. Kick, Pass, and Run was the first book that I read aloud to my grandma. She was very impressed. Do you know Kick, Pass, and Run? It's From actually not Dr. Seuss. It's. Um, it's just about football and baseball and uh, it's simple words. Uh, I loved, um, I just read a lot. I mean, I bought four books today. <laughs> I read a lot. <laughs> and what about you? Um, kids books. I'm sure there was plenty before this, but I think of uh, reading by myself. I remember the Butter Battle book by Dr. Seuss. Okay. And I think of some picture books like The Very Kind Rich Lady and Her 100 Dogs. That's a great one. Awesome. Very cool. And Bob, this one's just for you. And there might be a little pressure since <laughs> Aaron's here, but top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you like them to be? <laughs> well, I mean, look, what do I uh, look? They've seen pretty much every side of me, I'd say. Um, so I can't imagine that they would have just unabashed praise. <laughs> they would be deluding themselves. So I would like them to say present, which I think, you know, that's what I would say to most parents is, can you be present? That's a challenge in our modern world. And it's the best gift of all. And uh, I think steady, which is to say, I show up when I say I'll show up. And, uh, um, uh, hopefully a good example of picking yourself up and carrying on every day. Nice. Great three words right there. Again, people make sure you pick up Zillit. Uh, it's such a great book. Like not only for whatever age your family is, this is just a fun book and it just takes you back to when you were a kid and you can share these moments. Reading is a great way to bond with your kids. So again, congrats on the book. I wish you and your family continued success, but again, this was an honor chatting with you both. Thanks. Art. Thank you Take so care. much. Art. Thank you. Yeah. Great to meet you. Bye. I want to thank this week's sponsor, Belly, for sponsoring the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I really appreciate their support. And I love the fact that they're looking to help not just women, but also men as they look to start a family. So for more information, make sure you go to their website at bellybaby.com. And while you're on the internet, please rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And check out my site at artoffatherhood.net. There's columns on fatherhood, spotlighting dads who are doing things right. There's pop culture stories that I write with my family. There's a lot of other great things you can check out there at my site. And you can also win some cool stuff and get the latest and greatest in all things family. So make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net and rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.